Good. How's everyone doing tonight? That was the weakest thing I've heard all night. How is everyone doing tonight? Good. Well, tonight I'm going to start off things a little bit differently than we usually do. I'm going to start off by praying for us, and then we'll just go ahead and head into scripture that we're going to be studying today. So, Father, I just, I thank you for right now. I thank you for bringing us all together today. I ask that you just, you just clear our heads, help us just cast away all that anxiety, all the distractions that we've had coming into right now. Just help us focus on what it is that you have to say. I just ask that you, you can speak through me, Father. Help me speak with confidence and authority, knowing that it's your words and not mine. And just help it be you that's glorified, Father. We love you, and we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. So if you have your Bible or your Bible apps, we're going to be heading to John 19, 25 through 27. I'll give you guys a couple seconds to get there. So it reads, But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold, your son. And then he said to his disciple, Behold, your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took took her to his own home. So right now, we're in the middle of a series called Everything, Everywhere. It's all about the stuff that we, can, that we can, can't control, that we can sometimes come overwhelming. It's like our hearts start to race, and our thoughts start to spiral, and our emotions start to pour out. It feels like everything is everywhere. And the goal of this series is to, is to discover the everyday ways to, we can look for God whenever we're stressed, whenever we're overwhelmed. And so the scripture that I just read, it reminds me of a time in high school when I played baseball. See, I was average at like a lot of sports, but I was never a stud at one single sport. And so my sophomore year of baseball, I remember I, my coach switched me from a two-way player to a PO, which is pitcher only. And I remember I was, I was excited. Like I, I liked pitching a lot and I wasn't a big fan of, of hitting, so I was excited. And I remember going out there, pitching a few games, and it was fine. My arm was a little bit sore, but it wasn't that big of a deal. I started to pitch some more, and as I started playing more, my arm started to hurt a lot more. But I just, I brushed it off. Like, you know, I, I was getting a lot of playing time. It felt good. I felt good. So it, was, it wasn't that big of a deal. It would just go away. I was just transitioning. And then I got to play a lot more, a lot more in the season, just disregarding it. And it got, it got pretty bad. I mean, I couldn't. It got to the point where I was, after every game, I couldn't lift it like past here. But like I said, I was getting a lot of playing time. It, it felt good. And so I became best friends with ibuprofen and some Icy Hot and just sucked it up. And for a while, that worked. Like, it was okay. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't great. But I just kept pushing to the side, acting like it wasn't there and keeping it to myself. I didn't want to tell the coach. I didn't want to tell the trainer. I didn't want to tell anyone because I was afraid that I had to sit out a couple games. 
I was afraid that it might be more serious than I actually thought it was. And so I just kept it to myself. It wasn't that big of a deal, I thought. And so after a couple of weeks or maybe even a month of just trying to push it aside, my friend, my, one of my best friends named Hunter, he finally noticed that something was up. Every, after every game, I was icing my arm or I was trying to play with it because it kept hurting. And he said, Hayden, why? Why do you keep, what's going on with your arm? Why do you keep messing with it? Is it hurting or something? Like, that's not good. And so I told him, like, it's been hurting all season. I just, I, I can't, it gradually got worse, and I just, I don't want to tell anyone. And he said, you got, you got to tell coach or, or a trainer, or at least sit out a couple games. But I just, I wouldn't budge. At least right then I wouldn't. Fast forward a, a couple weeks later, I, I finally was like, I can't do this anymore. It was unbearable. It was getting to the point where I couldn't even pitch. So I had to tell someone, and I finally told the trainer, and he, he gave me some stretches to do and some exercises, and he said it wasn't like a huge deal, and I could get over it, but if I didn't catch it then, it could have been a lot worse. And so I only had to miss out a couple games. But if it wasn't for Hunter stepping in, then who knows how worse it would have gotten. And so for me in that moment, it was stress that I would have to miss out a couple games for my arm. But what is it for you? We all experience stress, but why? But not only that, but why, why do we struggle to see other people in the midst of our stress? And what's the solution? I think there's probably a lot of different reasons to why we don't see people in the midst of our stress, but I'm just going to touch on a few. I think, I think there's more than a few, but I'm just going to touch on these few. But before we do that, we need context. Remember, context is key, and it helps us understand the text that we're actually studying. So we're just going to go back a few verses to verse 23. It says, When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier, and also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. And so they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it and see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture, which says they divided my garments among them, among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. And so the soldiers did these things. These soldiers were mocking Jesus. Imagine you're in prison and the guards are outside of your jail cell and they're playing Yahtzee to see who gets your phone or who gets the clothes off your back. They're not doing it because they want it. They're doing it to make fun of you. They're doing it to make you mad. And the same thing's happening for Jesus here. He's getting mocked and laughed at. So now, now that we have that context, we can get into the first verse now. Just to remind you, it says, But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. And so first things first, I just want to touch on one thing. There's a theme here. The theme is that all these people besides John are women. And at first read, that might seem not important. You might not even realize what that, what that means at all. But this, in, in this time, Jesus is valuing women in a time where women had little to no value. 
But it doesn't just happen here. It's a common theme throughout, throughout Bible and throughout history. In Jesus' ministry, a lot of time, the women were along with him. Women were important to Jesus. And I say this to say, because if you're a woman and you feel like you have no value, if you feel like, like the Bible doesn't value you, this verse just shows that you are valued and that Jesus does see you. And secondly, as Jesus is dying on the cross right here, his mother's watching him. He's seeing him go through the pain, getting laughed at, getting mocked at, getting beat. And yes, she knows that it's the son of God, but that's still her son. That's the son she raised, watching him die in front of her. How do you think she felt? The stress, the worry, the, the pain? How do you think she felt? I would say she's stressed. I would say she's confused. I would say she felt a lot of the same things that we feel whenever we're stressed. But why? Why do, why do we struggle to see people in the midst of our stress? And what do we do to fix that? I'm going to give us three examples to why we, we struggle to see people in the midst of ours. The first being, we feel alone. Stress is isolating. I mean, thinking back to my arm, whenever I had to, I felt like I had to hide it, like I couldn't tell anyone because I didn't want coach to find out or I didn't want the trainer to find out. It was draining. I felt alone, like I had no one. I had the mentality of, I just, I just figure it out. I'm sure that's something a majority of you have heard before too. Just figure it out yourself. Do it yourself. That's hard. It makes, at least me, it makes me feel like I have to succeed or I'm a failure. And so I try and I keep trying. I keep disregarding all the times I mess up or the times I get hurt. I just, I just put it away like it's not there. Like I can't tell anyone. It's isolating. And then secondly, we pretend like we're doing better than we actually are. We don't want to be an inconvenience. So we just act like we're fine. To, to better illustrate this, Parker, will you throw me that ball? So, thank you. <laughs> so, this ball is, is stress. It's, it's worry. It's, it's our doubts. And, and we, just try to sh- we just try to hide it. We try to act like it's not there. And so my, my goal is to not let you see it. Let's say you, let's say you wave your hand. <laughs> it's, it's not that hard. It, it seems just fine, like it's just one hand behind my back. I guess that's kind of normal. I mean, maybe after time, if I did it long enough, you kind of wonder what's going on. Let's say someone goes for a hug. You can kind of like do it a little bit, trying not to get them to see it and trying to get it back. And maybe, maybe that worked. Maybe they wouldn't notice. Let's say 
for some reason, and don't ask me why, someone asks you to do a jumping jack. What are you going to do now? I'm not going to try it because that wouldn't work, but, but what, what would you do? You wouldn't be able to just hide it. It's like, it's like that us trying to hide our stress and our worry, it takes more out of us than it actually is to just, here, here it is, help me. Help me get through this. It takes more out of us just to hide it than it actually is to just ask for help, to show that we're hurting. Or maybe sometimes you just, you tell yourself that you're fine so you really believe you're fine and, and you, you seem like you're fine, but really whenever you turn around, people know you're not fine because they see it. And so you just act like you don't care about them, like you don't want them there, and like they, they don't mean anything. When we're stressed or whenever we're hurting, don't hide it. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to show that you're hurting. And then thirdly, we feel like our stress is not a huge deal. Sometimes we get scared like, that no one will care. That it's not that big of a deal. And sometimes I'll even think that, that maybe God won't even care. It's not, it's not a huge deal, so why do I even got to bring it to him? Why do I even got to bring it to other people? I just shove it down like it's not there because it's not a huge deal. We just try to figure it out ourselves. Or we just try to shove it down and forget about it. So what do we do? How do we get over this? What's next? First, I want you to hear me when I say this. We got to understand that the stress and the worry, it's okay. It's normal. The stress and the worry, they're what make us human. Every person in this room deals with it. Look around you. The people around you, they can play a part in helping you get through your stress. They can play a part in helping you get through whatever it is that you're dealing with, that you're worried about. And we see this. We see this play out in the next two verses. Whenever it says, when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. And then he said to his disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his home. Jesus is literally dying on the cross right now. And what does he do? He looks out for someone else. He's dying on the cross and he looks out for his mother. But how does he do it? He, he asked John. He, he asked John to step in. To step in and treat his mother, or treat Mary as his own mother. How beautiful is that? Jesus is using John in the middle of Mary's stress, in the middle of Mary's worry, in the middle of her hurt. He literally tells him to treat Mary as his own mother. This reminds me of in high school whenever... I had a teacher, and she'd be out the next day sick or 
or she had something to do, and she would say, all right, we're going to have a substitute tomorrow. Treat her like she's me. The same respect, the same care. Don't be mean. Whether I listened or not, I was still supposed to treat her like my own teacher. And just like I had to teach, just like I had to treat that substitute, just like you probably had to treat substitutes before as your own teacher, the same love, the same respect, the same care, John had to treat Mary as his own mother. But this, this is a big theme throughout the Bible. It's a big theme throughout history, too. God uses other people to help us when we're stressed. So the hugs, the texts, the smiles, the words of truth, the encouragement, the words of, of counsel, the support, the strength, the prayer, these are all ways that God uses other people in the midst of our stress, in the midst of our worry. How can you, what are you doing? How can you do that? Now I'm sure of you, some of you feel, and, and me included, uh, how, how can God use other people in the midst of my stress when it feels like people are the reason for my stress? I'm sure a lot of you feel it, and I feel it quite a bit too. But in that case, I have to remind myself, and I want to remind you tonight of the verse Proverbs 29, 25. It says, Fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. So in other words, when we trust God, we understand that he, he can use other people to come alongside us when we're stressed. It's one way that he demonstrates his love. And so in doing so, not only are we trusting him, but we're starting to slowly open up and trust other people at the same time. So what does this mean now? How, how do we apply this from here on out? What do, we, what do we do? The first thing, the first thing we got to do is accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And I'm sure a lot of you have heard that before, but for some of you, that's new. For some of you, that doesn't make sense. For some of you, you're just having trouble doing that right now. You don't really understand. You feel, you feel lost. You feel broken. You feel hurt. Or you feel all of the above. And I just want to make something clear for you tonight. You are never too broken that God can't build from you. He literally died on the cross and then rose again three days later. You are not too broken. You are not too hurt. You are not too lost. He loves you, and he just wants you to follow him. Don't worry about your past. Don't worry about your hurt or your wounds. He wants all of that. He can take it. He just wants you to follow him. So if that's you tonight, please, I'm begging you, speak to me, speak to a tribe leader, speak to someone you trust. Just let the people who love you help you 
in this, in this confusing time that you, you might not understand, you, you feel too lost, just let them help you. Let them talk to you. Let them walk you through it. Please. But then what? I'm going to give us two steps. The first being, turn to others for help. It sounds simple, but, but we've seen it. It's much deeper than that. It's easier said than done, but, but God, God can use our friends. He used John. He used Hunter. He can use our friends. He can use our family. He can use our teachers, our small group leaders, our counselors. He can use all of them. And we see, we see this in Galatians as Paul is writing to one of the early churches. He says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Which leads into my second step. Look for ways to help others. Wouldn't our lives look so much better, so much less stress, if we, if we look to serve others, if we follow Jesus in serving others? I remember going to a mission trip not that long ago to Chicago, and some of you are in the meeting just now as we're going to the Chicago trip in a couple weeks, but I remember just as I was serving these people, serving them tacos and talking about the gospel, I remember being filled up with joy. I remember being moved, being grown, or I think that's right vocabulary. I remember just being built up from that and feeling different on the other side. And this is just one of many ways that I was filled up from serving others. I just think that we would feel a lot less stressful if we did that continuously. What if we woke up every day and we just said, God, how can I serve today? How can you use me? And actively look for that throughout your life. So just like John was willing to take care of Jesus, Jesus' mom, let's be willing to take care of other people. Let's do what the Apostle Paul instructed us to do and carry each other's burdens. Because here's the bottom line. God uses other people to help us when we're stressed. And so as we head back into worship, I'm going to have the tribe leaders line up against the side. And I want you to look around. Each week, you get the chance to go and talk to someone who loves you, who cares about you. You get the chance to go talk to someone who understands what you're going through and who wants to help you. You get that every week. So if there's anything that is on your mind, that's on your head, that, that it doesn't even have to be about stress or worry, but you just, you feel like this weight and you feel like you got to talk to someone and maybe it was the gospel moment and you, you, you don't really know what you feel, you don't really understand what it is, just talk to someone. They're ready. They can take it. They understand. They love you. They want to see you succeed. So just please let the people who care about you help you. So as we head back into worship too, I want you to think about one question. What is one way, one step that I can take 
to trust God in what I'm worried about. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you for this message. I thank you for just speaking out your words. And I just pray for, for these people's weeks, Father, that you can just bless them. Help them see the ways that you're using other people in their life. But not only that, help them see how you're using them in other people's lives. Help them actively see how they can serve other people. Lord, I thank you for each and every one of them. I thank you for bringing us here for a reason. You are a good God. You are a loving God. You are a merciful God. I thank you for using John whenever you're on the cross. But just help us realize that you use other people while you're on the cross whenever we're stressed. Father, we love you. And we just invite you right now as we go into response and worship. Father, just speak to us. Help us reflect. We love you, Jesus. It's your name we pray. Amen.